Hey, welcome to Gig News tonight, this afternoon. <laughs> I was supposed to do the show last night, uh, but my co-host had a family emergency, and I was scrambling. I was texting other gig tubers, asking if they could fill in for her. But I mean, when you do the show on a Friday night, a lot of gig workers, uh, you know, Friday night is a big night, especially if you're doing Grub Dash Eats. And nobody could do it this afternoon either. So I am going solo for the first time either, although maybe... Leo, Leo will join, I'm sure. So, um, by the way, if any gig tubers out there, and I, I posted this on my um, community post, what bud? Just jump up here. Um, if anybody wants to be an understudy that I could call in case my co-hosts, you know, have an emergency or are sick or they just can't do it for whatever reason, uh, let me know. Uh, we definitely need some understudies because. This is going to be kind of weird doing this show by myself. Well, Leo's here, but he can't talk. Dude, sit down. There you go. <laughs> All right. So let's just jump straight into the news. I'm not going to do any ads tonight. We're just going to roll right through it. If anybody's watching, let me know in the comments. I don't see anybody there yet. By the way, we are also on Rumble and Odyssey. And I may get on BitChute too. And if you're watching on Rumble and Odyssey, I'm also on YouTube. And I'm on TikTok, although this show is not on TikTok. It's a lot longer than 60 seconds. So, all right, let's jump into the news here. Should have had my screen already shared, but I waited to the last second. All right, here we go. Okay, dude. Go. Here we go. More than 50 gig workers have been killed. While working in the U.S. since 2017, new report on drivers killed while on the job highlights the dangers of gig work. And we're just going to uh, read the highlights of the story. So uh, Lewis is this whole all this here is talking about a uh, gig worker that was killed. So we're just going to skip that. Lewis is one of more than 50 gig workers uh, driver and drivers killed in the job since 2017, according to a new report from advocacy group Gig Workers Rising compiled using publicly available information, including news articles, police reports, and GoFundMe campaigns. It highlights the risk of gig work and how families often have little or no communication from the companies involved other than platitudes offered to the media. Number in the report are consistent with the limited self-reporting from individual platforms. In a community safety report from 2021, Lyft reported 10 fatal attacks against drivers from 2017 through 2019. In 2019, Uber reported 19 fatal attacks over the preceding two years. You know, Hannibal and I talked about that last year. So I'll try to put a link to that um, in the description below or as a pop-up or whatever they call it. Female drivers are particularly likely to experience safety problems while working. A Verge report earlier this year found women who drive for rideshare companies don't feel protected by the companies they drive for. More than two dozen women drivers interviewed described incidents with passengers who exposed themselves, made sexual advances, or otherwise threaten them. In its first ever safety report released in 2021, Lyft reported 4,000 sexual assault claims between 2017 and 2019. A similar safety report from Uber in 2019, its most recent, man, that's, and that was, <clears throat> what, two, three years ago, uh, revealed more than 3,000 sexual assault claims between 2017 and 2018. Roughly half the claims came from drivers. Uh, for her part, Alyssa Lewis said she would like to see more screening of passengers for rideshare companies. The man who authorities say killed her sister had no criminal record, but was under investigation by the FBI at the time of the shooting. You always hear about the drivers, but how do they screen them to protect passenger safety? But the driver's safety, these companies should think about keeping them safe as well. 
Um, well, it's not that easy. Um, it, that is a, if you think Uber and Lyft are going to do background reports on the riders, that is a pie in the sky fantasy. That is never going to happen in a million years. And also that wouldn't do anything either because anybody can call an Uber or Lyft and say like, you know, like if like your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, son, daughter, you know, and it, parents use Uber and Lyft for their kids and drivers still let little kids in the car, you know, um, so even if they, by some miracle that Uber and Lyft did background checks on the account owner, still the account that doesn't do anything. If the account owner, you know, all it has to do is just bring somebody with them in the car. Like, you know, say, you know, the account, whoever has the Uber or Lyft rider account, they can be a perfectly, you know, no criminal record, you know, just, you know, perfectly nice person. But if their boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, son, daughter, parent is an ex-con or just a maniac, or maybe they have like, you know, anywhere from like just standard run-of-the-mill Sheldon style autism to, you know, uncontrolled, you know, schizophrenia, uh, you know, some kind of psychopathy, you know, how are you going to screen for that? And you can't. So this is why I say, if you're like, first of all, don't do a ride chair. Um, there, there are ways of like reducing the risk, but you cannot eliminate the risk entirely. Rideshare of like, there's, there's basically five gig jobs as far as like the app base work. It's like, first you have rideshare. I mean, Uber started it all. Then you also have food delivery, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats. Then you have grocery shopping delivery, obviously Instacart, Corner Shop, Shipped. Um, then you have just kind of package miscellaneous delivery, like Roadie, Amazon Flex, Dispatch, stuff like that. And then you have, your kind of odd jobs, your chore monkeys, as a Simpson called it, that would be like TaskRabbit, Handy, Dolly, um, even the laundry, the laundry uh, uh, apps. So but it's like you just, those companies can't afford to do background screenings on, on all their potential customers and clients. So, you know, the risk, you know, this, this is what happens when you have a culture that is so dependent on, you know, a, a safety driven, no risk uh, culture of just everybody just feels entitled to be safe. Like, er, like their safety is everybody else's responsibility except their own. So if you're, if you're scared and it, you know, what's funny is like, you know, so I do my, my, my Twitter as I plugged, you know, many times. And when I'm here in the morning, you got my cup of coffee and I'm going through the Google news alerts every single day. There is something about Uber rider shot, Uber rider stabbed, Uber rider carjacked. And like, I'll tweet them, but I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't tend to talk about them on the show because I hate to say it, but they're kind of run of the mill. It's like, it's not that big of a deal or it's like, it's not certain. It's, it's newsworthy in their local market, but other, like, it's just, I don't know what the other to report other than, you know, that this happened unless you go into the details of every single case on what happened and then you could break down, you know, what the driver did wrong what the passenger did, you know, like what they could have done. But, um, you know, so when I posted this a few days ago, you know, a lot of people on Twitter and uh, Instagram said, you know, like, actually I put a poll, I said, how, you know, actually well, I did that this morning. I said, how dangerous do you consider gig apps to be? And, you know, 
actually I can bring it up, but I don't think we're the, we don't have that many respondents. It's only been a few hours. So let's see. This is going to take a while since uh, StreamYard uses up all the bandwidth. Here we go. All right. So I said, how risky, dangerous do you consider gig work to be? So far, there's only 54 votes. Right now, 19%, little to no risk. I'm not worried. 59%, some risk, but I actively take precautions. That's good. 20%, quite risky. I've seen some crazy stuff. And 2%, dangerous for sure. I quit gig work because of the risk. And um, so I, uh, you know, and people have told me, you know, gig work. Well, they said gig work as an encompassing thing is a dangerous job, but... I think that it's more rideshare driving per se. Not so much, you know, your average Instacart shopper and delivery driver, not so much your average GrubDash Eats driver, things like that. Other than the fact that, um, you know, if you're driving all the time, yeah, your risk of being in an accident goes up because you're on the road so much. I should know. You know, I've driven, I usually drive like 20, between like 15 and 20,000 miles a year just doing gig work. That's not including um, my own personal driving. Hey, Eric is here. Hey, what's up, man? Trying to show it. There you go. Hey, man. Um, you want to be an understudy to fill in when one of my co-hosts can't make it? <laughs> he said, I'm careful. Good. Um, lost my train of thought here. Oh, yeah. So... Um, my my point is is that I think like and actually let, let me show you um some of these I googled you know most dangerous jobs and I found a few different sites and so like on this one this is from ncwriskmanagement.com and this is all from like 2020 uh truck drivers and other drivers is number 6 this is ISHN I think it's industrial safety and hygiene uh, delivery drivers are number seven and it says BL that's BLS is uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics. So that's like a federal government thing. Fatal injury rate, 27 per hundred thousand workers, total deaths in 2018, 966 salary, just under 30,000. Most common fatal accidents, transportation incidents. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like, as I said, if you're driving, the chances of you getting an accident, just the more you drive, the, the more that, the, that risk goes up. This is from AppSpace.com, truck drivers, sales workers, and other drivers, number six. And Business Insider has a set number eight, drivers slash sales workers and truck drivers. But again, they're lumping us in with, with truck drivers, which I don't really think that's the... They need to make a, a distinction between truck drivers and actually like what we if, if you really want to split hairs like we are more equivalent to like taxi drivers but again they just lump us all uh, truck drivers delivery drivers and i don't think it's quite the same so you know like i said um if you're like you, the the more you drive the more your chances of getting an accident uh goes up but that's that's just talking about car accidents we're not even talking about the possibility of being you know carjacked mugged um just the random interaction with weirdos like um the last show we did last year right around thanksgiving i talked about how i had to make that delivery to that handicapped guy and his whole apartment just reeked of like his whole apartment smelled like a toilet and the dude was like in a wheelchair and he wanted me to like get him a coke from the fridge and like put everything on his lap it was it was kind of creepy i mean i didn't feel i didn't feel like i was in danger um 
Although I did deliver to like a legit hoarder's house, you know, somebody who has like stacks of newspaper, you know, up, you know, like shoulder length and just garbage everywhere like that. You know, those kind of situations, I don't know if they're dangerous other than that. There might be rats and roaches running around. Um, the other, the real danger is uh, people who have dogs who don't, put them in the backyard or put, you know, put them in a bedroom or a bathroom or something while you're making the delivery, you open that door to hand them somebody's to hand somebody a pizza or even like their Instacart, you know, uh, groceries or an Amazon package. And then like a dog attacks you. And, and I never had a dog attack me, but I've had dogs jump up on me and like, usually they're just in the dog's mind, they're playing, but there's definitely a lot of uh, places I've delivered to, a lot of rednecky kind of places out in the country where there's like pit bulls and other, you know, guard dog type dogs. Um, and like, they'll have signs that say like, you know, if you cross this point, the dogs are going to come after you. And I've even seen that in delivery notes where it'll say like the people out in the country, they'll have like a plastic bin or um, kind of like an old fashioned, like wooden toy box type thing, just a big, huge one box. And they'll say UPS, Amazon, post office put packages in this box if you go past this box you're going to get attacked by dogs so yeah that's the kind of danger so maybe we'll have to, you don't have to do a whole maybe we can do a uh, a round table discussion about you know gig work safety someday but anyway let's move on to the next story whoops i hope i didn't close it okay good i thought i just closed the window but i didn't all right, so this is from businessinsider.com. This is this is a long headline. Leaked memo shows DoorDash executives are giving some employees more equity grants to make up for the company's plunging stock price. There's Tony Shu. DoorDash plans to offer some employees extra equity to compensate for its sliding share price. DoorDash stock has lost more than 50% since its November peak. Bentley Coop, explain this shit. Other tech companies with the press shares have had to offer better pay or extra equity grants to mollify staff mollify. Hey, hot, hot facts with Robert Reitz is here. He said, I've been to a hoarder's home. Yeah, I have too. Eric said, it's hard to deal with dogs or had to deal with dogs. Um, like I said, we'll do, we should do a round table sometime just on gig worker safety. So let, let's get back to this DoorDash story. DoorDash exit is planning to address the stock woes and issues around employee compensation, all hands meeting next week. Company said internally, it plans to issue some employees extra equity to make up for losses on a stock. Let's plunge more than 50% since its peak last November. An internal email from February DoorDash executives said the company would be issuing an equity top up grant to many staff hired in 2021 to compensate for sagging stock price. They know that these workers would have been, have been hurt more by the recent stock sell-off compared with colleagues who joined the company before its public offering in late 2020 and got pre-IPO stock. DoorDash's stock has seen a sharp change in fortune since the fall. On September 16th, the company was valued at $74.9 billion, inching above competitor Uber, Uber's market cap. Both companies have slid since then, but DoorDash's shares are off of far more, 50% versus 18% for Uber. Although DoorDash stock is still worth almost triple what Uber stock is worth. That slide has set off grumbling among some DoorDash employees who have expressed frustration on a number of changes the company has made in its compensation structure. At a previous all-hands meeting, CEO Tony Shu said that DoorDash is not for everyone, referring to stocks fluctuations. They later walked back that comment. The downturn in many tech stocks have set off a similar complaints across the industry and forced companies with particularly weak stock prices to react. Shopify recently increased base salaries for employees amidst, amidst 
the company's continuing stock slide. Below is the email DoorDash executive sent to employees in February. I'm not going to read this, so you can read that if you want. Link in the description below. As I've said many times, that's why I put the links to everything that I talk about, you know, in the description because we can't read every word of every article. So, you know, if you think like I'm cherry picking or whatever, um, you can read it yourself, you know, and feel free to leave comments like saying, Hey, you forgot to mention this point right in that article. Um, yeah. So I actually, I own a little bit of DoorDash stock. In fact, I think of all the stocks I own, um, I have m more invested in DoorDash than anything else. I like to, I am invested in like all the gig app stocks and it's, I mostly buy gig app stops and food, especially fast food, because as a gig worker, as a, you know, delivery driver, I see the lines at like McDonald's, like going around the store. And I'm like, you know, people in this country are addicted to fast food. Like fast food is like a legal drug at this point. Um, and I can't imagine they're going to ban it anytime soon. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get on this. So, um, so I got my, uh, Oh, uh, Costco. I have the most of, yeah. Costco. People love Costco. I get Costco, Tesla, Apple, Pepsi, a little bit of Amazon, Honda. Cause I have a Honda car. Uh, Domino's, GE, Sam Adams. Uh, yeah, so actually, let me see. Let me sort by share price. All right, so let's go. All right, so Uber, as of uh, when the uh, market closed on Friday. Whoa, that's still bright. Turn it out all the way. Uber uh, is 32.05. Lyft, I don't know how, but they're actually worth slightly more than Uber. 33.59 and where is DoorDash is 106.42 so I mean yeah like they're still worth like almost more than triple of what Uber and Lyft are worth double eBay yeah um so I am not a stock guy I'm not Peter Schiff or uh you know <laughs> uh Jim Cramer or any of those guys so do not this is not um, you know, financial advice in any way. There's just one man's opinion. And it's like, when it comes to investment, all that stuff, like I, I really don't know. Like I, like you got to turn to a pro for that. But anyway, I think uh, certain DoorDash cheerleaders need to answer for this. Like why has DoorDash slid so far? So let us know if you're watching, let me know in the comments. If you're watching the replay, you're listening, listening on the audio podcast. By the way, I should plug that at the beginning of the show. If you don't want to sit here and watch this whole show, one this the audio version of this is on every single podcatcher in the world. You know, you can download it um, usually the next day, and then just listen to it in your car. Actually, let me bring up DoorDash uh, stock again. Where to go? Here it is. Let's see. I'm going to go to all time. All right, so yeah, you can see this huge huge decline like from last year i mean and it went up a little and it, and then it started to come back down i mean it's great if you want to buy doordash stock now is a good time to buy get in you know all that's the best thing when it comes to investing is buy low sell high that's that's all that's all you really need to know well i'm sure you need to know a lot more than that but so yeah let me know in the comments why you think DoorDash stock is sliding. And uh, is this, uh, I think if you're a DoorDash employee and they're going to throw you more stock, um, 
I, I would be, you know, fairly happy with that because I think it's going to rebound at some point. So instead of having, I don't know, like, I don't know how many shares they give employees. Let's just say, let's just say 10. And they said, oh, you know what? We're going to give you an extra five because, you know, stock's kind of shitty right now. You know, that'd be nice. Would you, if you're an DoorDash employee, like I'm talking about somebody who works for the corporate headquarters, not us drivers. Um, would you rather have extra stock even, you know, it's not worth a whole lot much right now? Or would you rather just have like, give me just, you know, you can keep the stock, Tony. I, just give me a higher base pay. Like it said for uh, Shopify, it said they gave more, uh, um, uh, they increased the base pay. Robert Reese said uh, it may possibly merge with Lyft. You know what? The good, you know what? You stole my thunder because that is the next story. Although I don't think it's um, so much a possibility. Whoops. I had this. All right. So this is from uh, Barron's. DoorDash and Lyft should merge, analyst says. This is just one guy's opinion. This isn't um, report. It's just, it's not speculation. It's just, it just says New Street Research Analyst Pierre Faragou. In a research note published Wednesday, Fergu lays out the case for why the food delivery giant and the ride-sharing service would be a perfect match. The logic isn't hard to see. I love me and Hannibal, me and Steve Johnson. Um, I think um, Jason at uh, Rideshare, our Gig Economy podcast, we've all been saying this. Like, why doesn't DoorDash buy Lyft? Uh, Fergu says combining the businesses would keep drivers busier, allowing them to make more money while also reducing the cost of finding new customers. Because like the combination of food delivery and ride sharing is paying off for both Uber Technologies and for Singapore-based Grab. And the same would be true for DoorDash Lyft. A spokesperson for DoorDash declined to comment on Fergu's note or the potential for a merger. Uh, on the most recent DoorDash earnings call, CFO Prabir Adakar said that the people that generally become dashers are a very different audience than the types of people that the other gig economy companies competes for are are competing for on the call Adakar uh, added the recent survey showed that over 90% of dashers said they have no plans to drive for rideshare and only 4% say they prefer to drive rideshare compared to food delivery Lyft didn't immediately respond to a request for a comment ridesharing and delivery have completely different demand or complementary demand patterns I should say combining both services offers drivers increasing utilization and as a result better earnings Uber drivers that do both delivery and rideshare Earnings uh, earn more one to five percent more than drivers who focus only on mobility. Fergu concludes that on a combined basis, DoorDash Lyft would generate thirty percent higher earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization than the two would on a standalone basis. He doesn't address the mechanics of a potential deal, but it seems clear that it would require either a stock swap or considerable financing. DoorDash, which has about four point five billion in cash and securities on its balance sheet has by far the larger market capitalization at 38 billion versus 12 billion for Lyft. Um, so yeah, if you want to read this whole thing, link in the description below. Um, you know, we've been saying this for a while, you know, why, why not have a merger or a buyout? But I mean, they say like in the article right there is that people who become dashers, they don't, they don't want to give rides. A good example of that is uh, Sarah Elizabeth. She was doing this on a live stream a few days ago. She was just saying, I don't want strangers in my car. Like I, I prefer to do food delivery because nobody's in my car. And like, I just go to their house. It's so much safer. <clears throat> I think if by, if there was some kind of DoorDash lift merger or buy or whatever, is that, I mean, it's like how my, my Uber app works right now is that I am technically an Uber rideshare driver. Um, Actually, because I got in with Uber before they even launched Uber Eats. 
And then they launched Uber Eats. And the way that the app is, let's see if I can bring it up here, is that when I go online, and I've actually made videos about this, it asks, do I want to do, um, like, it gives me three choices. Here we go. So when I go on, like, I'm not online right now, but, it, like, these are the three services, deliveries, which I don't know why it's a briefcase. It should be like a picture of like a pizza and a hamburger or something. And then connect, which is a very rare service. It's like, if you just want to send a package or, um, you know, something other than a person and not, you know, like I'm sending, let's say like, you know, my girlfriend left her keys at my apartment or she left her purse or something like that. And I can hire an Uber to come pick it up and then bring it to her. So I would use Uber connect for that, which I've actually, I've done a few of those. And then Uber X obviously is just regular people rideshare driving. So if there was some kind of merger between Lyft and DoorDash, I would assume that both apps would have some kind of system like this where you can turn on. Yes. I want to do both rides and delivery, or I only want to do one or the other. That's what that, I think that's a fairly safe, assumption but you know what they say when you assume let's see robert reese said i say no to humans i've done it all <laughs> no humans yeah um like like i said at the beginning of the show i am so over uh like rideshare driving i think it's for suckers maybe in like seattle la you know a lot of those blue cities where they have minimum wages and like prop 22 and like seattle is initiating a, a minimum wage which you know we, we've talked about and something we'll talk about on monday um, where you, where it actually makes sense to like, it, it's worthwhile to do rideshare, but here in Orlando, rideshare driving is for chumps. It is like 54 cents a mile, eight cents a minute, you know? And that's, that's only when you have a human in your car, you do not get paid to go pick them up. And then when there's nobody in your car and you're just driving around or you're just sitting around waiting for rides, you know, that's, you're not making any money. Eric said, I won't do ride share. Yeah, I mean, good for you. If it was worth it, like, what if Uber and Lyft, here's a question for all the delivery drivers out there. What if you had a, a guaranteed base pay of like, let's say $2 a mile, 50 cents a minute. Would you do it then? Or like some kind of minimum wage. Like as long as you had your app on and you were actually out driving around, you weren't just sitting you know, on the couch you know, with the app on and declining every ride. Um, you know, let's say you had like a, a $20 per hour minimum wage. Would you do it then? Let's see. Washington state regulates everything, even personal training. So yeah, they, they will, like I said, we'll be talking about more about this um, next week and check out the store, the, the stove, check out the show. Steve and I did a few days ago where we talked about uh, what's happening in Washington. All right, so let's move on. Uh, this is not this is a this is not hard news. This is soft. This is basically a PR announcement. In fact, I don't even know why I'm including this, but I'm gonna kill some time here. From New York Post. Uh Uber is adding planes, trains, hotels, and rental cars in super app push. Uh, kind of ironic. This is from the New York Post because this is only happening in the UK. Uber is adding planes, trains, hotels, buses, and rental cars to its app in the UK as part of its quest to become a one-stop shop for travel. Company said on Wednesday, the addition to Uber's UK app will serve as a pilot program before they're potentially rolled out around the world. Company said that the train and bus services will launch over the summer while flights will be added later this year and hotels on an unspecified date. Uber, which is pushing to sustain profitability, will sell the tickets through partnerships with other vendors. 
Uber's regional manager for the UK and Northern and Eastern Europe, Jamie Haywood, said in a statement that the company wants to become a one-stop. Yeah, we already know that. Um, that's about it. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Robert said, Prop 22 is here in Cali, $16 hour pay on Activorist. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, at least you're online. Um, but I know, talking to John McCallion, you know, he says he can make way more than that. I mean, although it just depends on your market and how good of a driver you are and how smart of a driver you are to uh, pick the, the right offers, you know? Um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of cool is that, you know, like Uber is going to become like Orbitz or Expedia or whatever, but like they're only doing it in the UK. I don't know. I mean, it's mostly, I don't think one really has much to do with the other. Cause like when I have the Uber app on my phone, like I'm, I'm only associating that with, I need a ride from here to the bar or from the bar to home. Like if I want to book a plane, I'm, like I said, I'm going to go on Orbitz, Expedia, Travelocity, one of those, you know, uh, price, Priceline.com. Um, I wouldn't, unless, so like, it, are the prices on Uber going to be cheaper than those sites? And it's like, you know, I don't really associate, yeah, it's all travel related, but they're all individual specific scenarios. When I need an Uber from here to the bar or the bar home. I don't need a hotel room. I certainly don't need a plane. You know, I don't need, I don't need maybe for like city buses. And they also mentioned this article about how in uh, New York and I think in Seattle too, like you can book a yellow cab through the Uber app now. Um, so, I mean like, yeah, like that's, I can see that, but you know, I don't, I don't want to book a, it's not that I don't want to, it's just, I don't have a need to book a hotel through through the Uber app, you know, they want to compete with all the travel apps. Yeah. I mean, it, as far as like from a, um, infrastructure point of view, it doesn't seem like it's that much of an extra add on since, you know, it's, you're just basically, you're just essentially Uber is just buying databases and sharing them, you know, Uber doesn't have to offer, there's no Uber hotel or Uber bus or, you know, Uber plane, you know, um, flight, you know, airline, at least not yet. Now, if they start having an Uber airline and Uber hotels, now that I could see being on the Uber app. But uh, yeah, so kind of a interesting, you know, not really hard news. It's just kind of an interesting uh, thing. All right. So we got two kind of uh, funny or, well, not funny. Well, this first one is more of a a heartwarming story. This is from Newswork. Internet delighted by delivery driver offered food and clip. A wholesome exchange between an Amazon delivery driver and a homeowner was captured on a security system and has since gone viral after it was posted on TikTok. Shared the account Neela888, the video viewed nearly 10 million times. Wow. Shows a delivery driver dropping off a package before commenting on how good the food from the inside smell. Much to the delight of viewers, the homeowner offered a pack of burrito for the driver. So let's see if I can get this to play. Um, this is an ad. Oh, wait, let's go. Sorry, I should have had this ready. All right, here we go. Let me turn the sound on. Here we go. Let me see if I can... Is that enchiladas? <laughs> no, it's not good though. You want burrito? It's not 
Keep playing. Uh, this has 2.1 million likes, 6,000 something comments. Uh, all right. So you get the point. I've had interactions like this, you know, where I'm, I don't think so much on Amazon, but like more like Instacart. Um, so like people are cooking dinner and like they need, they're ordering, you know, extra recipes from the grocery store and I'm bringing it to them and then I get there and it smells good. I don't think I've ever had a customer offer to give me a plate to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I ever had a, a customer offer to give me food or something like that or like, but you know, what? it, it depends on, I would have like, I would definitely take them up on the offer, but I would have to be like, it depends. Actually, it depends on what app I was working. Like if I was doing Amazon, unless it was the last stop on the route, um, like I, I just wouldn't have time. Cause it's like, I can't eat and drive at the same time. But um, yeah, I mean, if somebody offered, I don't know how they would give it to me. You know, do they have styrofoam containers in their kitchen or maybe they have like paper plates or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I would have to be hungry. And a lot of times when I'm, doing gig work um you know i'm just not hungry until like the absolute end of my shift so um yeah let me know let me know in the comments you know if the customer offers you a burrito or are, are you still of like the kind of don't take candy from strangers mentality from like when you were a kid um you know like oh i'm not gonna take you know i'm sure your food's good but you know it's like really are they gonna poison the delivery driver i don't know Eric said, uh, I do like cash tips. Yeah, well, we all love cash tips, although they're kind of uh, um, uh, pretty rare at this point. You know, maybe I once every 200 customers get cash tips. Pedro said, customers never watch the cams. I guess that's kind of, I, I still don't get like the, the, I don't get the TikTok algorithm. Like, why would that go viral? Like 10 million views? It's cute. It's heartwarming, I guess you could say, but it's not really particularly funny. You know, it's not like David at David after dentist, you know, or some one of the Hall of Fame meme kind of viral videos like that. So, all right, last story. Let's get on. This is why this is why I need a co-host. So, uh, this is uh, which Easter candy is favorite in Pennsylvania? This is from Penn News, but it said Instacart reveals the top holiday sweets in the U.S. All right, so this is uh, a list Instacart compiled. Number one, Easter cream egg. I guess they mean like the Cadbury cream eggs. Number two, Reese's peanut butter eggs. Those are really good. Three, Starburst jelly beans. I don't think I've ever had those. Four, Cadbury chocolate mini eggs. Yep, those are good. Five, Hershey's milk chocolate kisses. Um, those are kind of bleh, you know. And I don't think of, I don't think of those as Easter candy. I think of those more as like. Uh, actually Christmas candy when you make peanut butter cookies and you put one of those Reese's uh, kisses on top. Number six, M&M's Easter milk chocolate candy. I mean, it's all just the same, just Easter branding. Seven, Lint milk chocolate bunny. Sure. 
eight Brock's jelly bird eggs, nine Peeps, ten Hershey's milk chocolate. Can why was there no? Well, there was one milk chocolate bunny on there. Um, I always liked um, as a kid getting the Easter basket, and it's funny because like Easter is it's kind of like a mini Halloween in the spring, you know. It's yeah, I always liked when I was like a real little kid, you know, doing an Easter egg hunt. Um, I remember like Easter was like pretty much the only time that I can think of if my parents are here, they could correct me, but I don't remember having to wear a suit or even just a tie to church, except on Easter Sunday, like not even on Christmas. I could pretty much wear whatever I wanted, but I remember every Easter I, have, I you know, I have pictures. I don't, I don't know where they are right now, but I just remember like every Easter when I was a kid, like real, I'm talking about like real little, like elementary school, like always having to wear a tie and probably a jacket. You know, but I'm from upstate New York and, you know, springtime, you know, Easter, it's not super warm, you know, to you like in the 50s, 60s tops, depending on. Also, Easter is kind of a weird holiday. It's not the same date every it can be like in March or it can be like in May or something. I forget how it's something to do with the uh, moon cycle, I think. Um, but uh, actually, this article, it said um, I know they talk about uh the difference between, I don't know, I was going to say, you know, Easter is like, when you think of candy based holidays, obviously Halloween's number one. I always think of Christmas being more candy based than Easter. AV said, this is boring. <laughs> then why are you watching? Well, I don't have a co-host, so I got to go, I got to go solo. Um, yeah. So let me know what's your, what's your favorite Easter candy? I always like the, uh, like I said, the, the chocolate bunnies. Those, if they were solid, you could gnaw on those for like weeks before you finally finish one. The hollow ones, you take a bite and it just collapses. That was always funny. Um, I never really liked Peeps. I could eat, like it, It's like one of those things where you can eat one and please delete your channels again. I never deleted them in the first place. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Avi. Um, you know, maybe lose my train of thought. All right. Well, that seemed like a good place to wrap. Um, sorry, I don't have a co-host. Just life happens, and I still wanted to get a show out. So uh, spread the word. You know, share the show with a friend. Like I said, if you don't want to watch, link in the description below. Download the audio podcast and just listen while you're driving around or walking around or at the gym or you know, however you listen to podcasts peeps no way yeah i've never been a huge peeps fan like i said they're good for like one but hard it's hard to eat the whole thing like i've never eat like a whole sleeve of peeps unless it was like on a bet or a dare or something like that all right so thanks for watching uh we sh as far as i know we will be back monday night i think i might move the start time to 10 p.m eastern time and uh hannibal will be here in fact i've already uh um started compiling news stories for that show so all right. Thanks for watching and I will see you in a couple of days. All right.